0: So, you know, lately I've talked about, you know, anime in a sense, and one of the more recent audio videos I did, um, I talked about, you know, why Utina in Revolutionary Girl Utina or the adolescence of Utina turns into a car because, you know, I've heard people in other audio videos over the past that they did over the past year or so, and even, you know, over um in essay form online, you know, kind of talk about it, try to explain it, and they give some good explanations. You know, basically saying, you know, why, you know, this scene occurs, even kind of agreeing with what the director's point of view was um as well, you know, excuse me, as to why he went this direction. And they even, like I say, take it upon themselves to say, yeah, this is you know, this is exactly why this metaphor, you know, or this, you know, reversal of roles, you know, a la the Sleeping Beauty story uh, makes sense, you know, because, you know, Utena, you know, becomes the vehicle for Anthe to, you know, you know, basically, you know, leave this, this fantasy world and go into the real world, real world I should say, and be her own. And everything, and and like I said, they make some good points and do some great jobs, and I highly recommend checking them out. All you have to do is uh, type in Google Utina uh, Car and you'll get a lot of stuff, not just for YouTube, but uh, all across the board. Um, but it also made me think about some other things. Now, another audio video I did before work was talking about, or asking the question: Could Magical Girl uh, transformations have been, transformations have been more? And, you know, I gave some good examples of past, you know, and even recent present examples of that being a fact. I mean, one of them that I do believe is true to that fact is Marvelous Memlo. And the fact that the way she's a magical girl is she basically takes like these, you know, two different pills and different patterns and different ways. And depending on how she takes them, she becomes whatever she needs to become she either becomes older she's either shrinks down to an embryo and all that and then re kind of gets reborn into whatever form she needs you know stuff like that and the intro has her you know basically showing you know exactly you know what she can do what she's capable of doing when she takes these pills like what she can become from like aging into an older version to her of herself to being these animals and one of the last animals she becomes is a doe who kisses kisses a male deer, a stag, if you will, basically kind of indicating that, hey, in this form, there's a good chance that she could fall in love and, you know, with, you know, a fellow deer or a stag and want to remain that way or something like that. And, you know, you look at something like that and you're thinking, that's kind of weird that she'd want to do that, but you got to remember uh, in that form, she's basically taking on the instincts of that animal. So the instincts to, you know, probably mate, if you will, uh, are there. Or to fall in love with a fellow deal animal or whatever the same animal that she becomes of the opposite gender, you know, is there. And, you know, it just got me thinking that you, that... You know, and I've mentioned this before in several audio videos, how, you know, Japan animation and even other animation overseas across the world can be a little bit more wilder, a little bit more different, a little bit more daring uh, in what they present. And, you know, and I kind of said, I think in some of those videos that I did years ago, that the same could be said for the the U.S., that we're known to do that, too. And it's we we. We may not be as prevalent in that matter, but there are examples past and present and in the past several decades that prove that. I mean, for example, one of my personal favorites uh, growing up as a kid is from the 1940s. Now, I didn't, you know, I wasn't born, I should say, in the 40s, but I was born in 1979, but still, uh, one of my you know, favorite examples that got reran on Disney Channel and all that from the 40s is duck pimples. You know, and everybody knows that Donald Duck cartoon is looked at as one of the most WTF, you know, Donald Duck cartoons or Disney Fab Six, Fab Five cartoons that they've ever done. Because all of a sudden, you know, Donald on a rainy night is going through all these hallucinations and, you know, his imagination is just going completely, you know, off the wall um, and it's taking him and it's taking it with him. Well, it's it's taking him with it, if you will. It's taking him taking him with it. Uh and one of the best examples uh, that I've looked that I see um in that you know in that um in that short is when pa, uh, Pauline, uh Pauline, I think that's her name, or it's an, she has another name later on. She's given another name uh later on. I think it's called Colette or something like that, or Colleen or whatever. But, her, but basically, Colleen, Pauline, whatever you want to call her, um, one of the scenes in that short is she she's looking for her pearls, right, her necklace, her pearl necklace, and she thinks she finds them, and when she sees that this pearl handcuffs, you know, that the detective or supposed detective um, has, uh, instead of just, okay, looking around the house still, she decides to literally look under his jacket she climbs under his jacket or his trench coat or his vest or whatever you want to call it and she just remains there for like a couple of minutes like she like you see the silhouette of her or not the silhouette but you see kind of like the shape of her crawling under there like two little big lumps, like two little mountains and then they just settle down into like one little uh shape like one little rounded shape that then you know as the detective is you know talking and moving kind of flattens out and like you know she literally you know becomes part of him like she becomes one with him because then as he's interrogating Donald you see her hands pop up and she's taking off his hat and she's pouring out and all the cigars that are in the hat are pouring out and she turns it over pit, pulls the rabbit out of her hat, hat does the rabbit out of the hat trick puts the hat puts the rabbit back in, puts the hat back down, and then slides her hands back in. And then you think, okay, wait a minute, she didn't find anything, she's going to crawl out, right? Nope. Instead, she remains in there for another few minutes because when Donald doesn't give the detective what he wants, you know, in a, in an answer as to the whereabout of the pearls as well as the whereabout of the girl, because now he's noticing she's missing, not even realizing, oh, she's on my back, <laughs> you know, literally, or now she's part of me, if you will, because... What happens next as he's like as he's telling Donald, Okay, I got a way to make you talk, you see her hand literally shoot out, her arm and her hand shoot out, go right next to his mouth while he's yelling for the guy, and then curling her finger like this along with his, kind of panamiting what he's doing. And then when he takes the card from the guy that he calls for, as well as he put you know puts on his you know his glasses. You know, while he's holding the card and he's scratching his head, and if you will, Pauline's hands come out and one of them scratches his chin like this, like, you know, it's an extra, like, she's his new extra hands. And then the other, you know, basically takes his glasses and puts it on him. And then, you know, that's it. You know, she just, you know, has the hand on the chin and her other hands like that. And, you know, he's just, you know, and it remains that way until after he's finished reading the card. And then after he's finished reading the card that you know, the camera zooms in and then you see Pauline, you know, finally outside of the jacket, um, if you will, before going back in just briefly and then popping her head back out and stuff. But I bring that up because that to me that to me is a is a prime example of how prime example even back then of how weird animation here in the States could get, you know, because, you know, they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to go that route. They didn't have to, you know, do that scene even back then, but they did it. Uh, Another example of of a cartoon back in the early, in the 40s and 50s and stuff that really made you wonder why they were even thinking about it, Like I was saying, the another example of a cartoon that was, you know, created in that time frame between the 40s, 50s, 60s, and all that, that I watched in reruns, uh, was Popeye. And when I first saw this, it was in the uh, Tom and Jerry's uh, funhouse on Superstation WTBS, now just TBS, excuse me, and the cartoon was Palais Voo's Woos and this one's notable because everybody considers it has the most beautifully drawn um, olive oil uh, design um, in history, you know, at that time. But it's also notable for the fact that everything that got spoken to around olive, you know, would happen. You know, uh, for example, you know, The International, she was watching on television, he would say that the women's eyes were like limpet poles She blinks and they become limpet poles, you know, and, you know, the way she would react to who she thought was the international, but was actually Bluto in disguise. um, You know, it was typical of Olive's reaction sometimes in other cartoons, but it was a little bit more cartoony, like there was something a little bit different and all that. And then, of course, was, then of course came the ending. You know, you know. Of course, came the ending, where she literally melted into run. And and I've said it before: running puddle of butter, but just her eyes and a smile, and that's it. And when I mean a running puddle of butter, I mean literally she melts into a puddle of butter with just a face on there, smiling face and she's running down the floor or like you know water would you know cascade flow down you know steps or you know slippery like a, a slanted area you know water and all that would flow down that's basically what she did and you're thinking okay that's that's funny and all but what really made it stand out is as you watch it you know all the way to the end, especially as it's fading to black, you see that she has, like, little dry spots appearing all over her now puddled form, including one right near her eye. And, you know, even though it still makes it funny and everything, it's like, whoa, you know, just that small detail makes you go like, man. And it makes it look like, you know, because even that small detail, what I'm trying to say uh, to the viewer, makes it look like she's drying up like literally the moment she like flows like down to her destination or wherever she's going to stop she's just going to dry up and poof you know that's it Um, but yeah you know that's another example right there of how you know crazy you know you know cartoon um, animation American animation can be when you have something like that but you have to also go back to you know the 30s and the 20s you know you know the old Betty Boop cartoons sometimes or the old you know Betty Boop the old Bosco cartoons stuff like that mostly Betty Boop those were you know those were kind of like sometimes the imagery there was like and Doug Walker nostalgia critic who just recently brought back his Dark Tunes series um you know, the the original intro and somewhat of the new intro kind of showcases a lot of this imagery, you know, if you will, from that time frame, and shows you how weird and psychedelic, you know, they would get, you know, with the animations, I mean, you have um, what what's his name, you have that that clown, I think his name is both not Boza, but kind of but Bosco the Clown, I think, you know, you have him literally get turned into a ghost, that now, as a ghost, he can, you know, shapeshift into whatever he expresses, whether it's a gold watch, you know, he sh- you know, turning his head into a bottle of booze, stuff like that, and they did, th- and, 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 and it is understandable why they did that, you know, they did it because of the fact that, you know, he had... What was his name? Cap Calloway singing, you know, the song, you know, basically, Cap, I think it was Cap Calloway doing the singing for that portion of the short. So, you know, it made sense that since he was kind of like a, not only a, a good singer, but a jazz, a, you know, a good jazz singer and all that, but also a good dancer, that you want to mimic those movements. And what better way to do that than to have somebody, you know, in a ghost form to do that? In you know, other words, show more. Flexibility and visual representation of what they're talking about. But. But yeah, even back then. Even back then, you know. American animation was, you know, definitely showed that it could be weird. But. But when you look at Japanese animation. You take a look at European animation as the years and decades went on. They definitely took the cake. Especially if you got into the more recent years, more recent like, you know, the eighty, like the seventies, the the eighties, the nineties, you know, the two thousands and all that, they they took it up another level. There there is no doubt about that. I mean, one of the, I mean, one of the movies I I own is Mind Game, and I I found out about this because, I think there was a video where people would say, you know. There was a video people did, I think, not said, but they they put together, which was a compilation of a lot of WTF animation, anime moments. And And this one scene, particularly from Mind Game, was in there, and I'm thinking, what the hell is this? You know, but it just shows you, you know, how far, how psychedelic and how crazy, even in recent years and decades... You know, not just American animation, but all kinds of animation can get. Japan and Europe, Mexico, you name it, International, can, internationally can get. I mean, another movie I own, Paparika, you know, that, that takes Canadian imagery. The Congress, which is a hybrid live-action animated film, like half live-action, half animated, with Robin Wright. The animation por- portions definitely, like, show you you know, that even nowadays, you know, because I, I think those were done by an American animation studio, they, they can get w- crazy, they can get weird, they can get, like, you know, mind warping, if you will, mind bending, if you will, and it's just, it's just really amazing to, you know, to look at that and take it all in, you know, it really is, and that brings me to the other thing about I want to talk about, where you know I feel, you know, this, you know, this is kind of the time where, you know, nowadays I'm, you know, I go on DeviantArt, and I'm reading about, you know, stories like Metamorphosized Malleability*, you know, I'm reading story, web comics called *Morphica*, or I'm reading, you know, stories and you know also looking at web comics based on mystic makeover in the demonica character veronica character and i'm looking on all all these you know i'm looking on all this creativity and i'm like holy crap this kind of stuff could definitely benefit from being you know visually seen you know in some shape form of capacity in some kind of shape or form either as a webtoon on YouTube, Vimo, wherever, or maybe someplace like, you know, like uh, HBO Max or Netflix or whatever the case may be. This could definitely, these kind of stories could benefit from it. They can. I I mean, you want a good example of something like that, and I've mentioned this before. The Midnight Gospel. Look how crazy and whacked out that was on Netflix. It's like, you see all this and you're wondering, you know, why? Why is this such a, a love now? Um, for why is there such a love now, more of an interest now, you know, in this kind of animation te- uh, style is, and, and storytelling, you know, that goes along with it? Like, what is the interest to visually see these kind of stories brought to life? And I think it's because, honestly, this is just my opinion, and I've said this before, I think it's because they know with animation, you, you know, the, the the imagination of the mind is unlimited. So if you take something like a Metamorphosized to Malleability, or a Morphokar series, or a Mystic Makeover series, and you apply it to animation, it just, and you apply it to animation and just let you know, the stories that you created be adapted loosely or to a T to, you know, be represented in that animation, that it's lim it's unlimited, it's it's like an untapped potential just waiting to be unleashed among the world. I mean, you take a look at, you take a look at what Trouble TRO and Joven 16 over Patreon and Neon Demon do, and as well as Groblik and Lady Darsimer, you know, on, um, on Echo's portal and, and Divanard and, you know, in Patreon, you see what they, in Gumroad, you see what they do, you know, with their web stories, their web comics, or their written stories, and you read about how just out there they are, and, you know, you imagine in your mind how visually, you know, create, you know, how visually unique these could look, and, you know, it's like, you know, I, I look back at, you know, everything that I've mentioned, like with the Utena situation, you know, with Utena becoming a car, and how, like, out of this world and crazy that that metaphor was, as well as the visual representations even before that, the visual metaphors before that in the movie, and then you take a look at paprika, and then you take a look at what I've mentioned before, like, with the past, even here in America, and then with Back in Japan with my games and all that, you take a look internationally um, internationally overall and and, and I, I think we are in a time now where animation some may say it's not good, some may say it's not looking so well that basically you know some places like HBO Max and to an extent Netflix are trying to cut costs with them, but you know even with certain people not understanding the value of animation, um, and what it brings to the table, you know, it's on a rise. It's doing it's doing more of the opposite of what people are looking at. You know, people are looking at some of the doom and gloom because some of the shows that they were looking forward to or the fans of are now being cancelled or being moved to other places. But you know, it, it, but here's the thing, even though that's that is bad, that is unfortunate, you know, animation still on the rise. There's still an unlimited, uh, unlimited, untapped potential for new animations, new ideas to be brought to the forefront. And I think, I think when you look at, you know, the the uniqueness, the psychic deadliness, the, you know, just mind warping, you know, imagery that get put into animation over the past 20 years, 30 years several decades, if you will, but mostly the past 20, 30 years, and, you know, even tap it back all the way to the time frame I talked about at the beginning, and then you combine with what you read what people are piecing together in stories, like, you know, on Divinard, and Echo's Portal, and for Infidient, and, you know, fanfiction.net, and and all these other places, as well as the webcomics, like the Mystic Makeover, the Morphicas, and all that, all the stories like the metamorphosize the Malleability, and stuff like that, and it, you know, it just shows you that we are now in a time frame where anybody could look at something like what I just mentioned and say, hey, that's perfect to be tapped for animation, let me get you in contact with somebody, and they would, they would get them in contact with somebody. I mean I mean even some of the more popular animes back in the day like like Battle of the Planets, some of the ways they would end their shows or their episodes here in America, even though we could tell the big difference in the from the original Japanese broadcast nowadays, you know, thanks to the internet, you know, here in America we'd always be reassured, Oh, they'll be back to normal tomorrow and all that and da 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 and it's like okay as a kid we're thinking oh good that's here that's good to hear and everything but yet we didn't know in the in japan you know basically them you know going like this or doing this that meant yep they died but they're going to be resurrected or it's not going to be even considered a canon or whatever so it's just again you know you just look at how crazy animation can be and You know how certain stories can apply to that, and from an international standpoint, animation is on the rise, and I think it's all thanks to the fact that you have people out there with stories that they have written, with stories they've turned into web comics that are so creatively, psychic, you know, LSD psychedelic tripping, you know, trippy, and all that, that once they get applied to animation, in some form, it's what keeps people invested, It what keeps people interested and wanting to to see more. So even though I can say Japan, you know, has definitely, you know, taken the cake when it comes to, you know, you know, just being out there, you know, just visually metaphorically and all that, you know, with our animation they're not alone because as I've said before other countries have done it and mostly when you look back at our path to the country and animation we've done it and there's no there's no denying that there's no denying that whatsoever so you know it's, it's just really surprising when you sometimes see the trippiness of all that I mean again I look at duck pimples as a good example, and what I and the scene I explained there. I look at Palais for Woo's from Popeye, and I look at that, and it's like. And then even before that, the Betty Boop cartoon, is like the one based on Snow White. It's, it just shows you that even past and recent present and probably future, that, you know, the direction of animation, isn't just. traditional classic animation that you've seen before. But the direction to really preserve animation is going to be found in the the psychedelicness, in the trippiness, in the unusual, in the weirdness that the story it's based on brings to the table and helps allow, allow it to bring to life visually, in my opinion. And again, that's why when I look at, when I read you know, chapters like metamorphosized, you know, different chapters and shift of metamorphosized availability, or I read new webcomics based on Morphica, or I read these, or I, you know, read and look at new webcomics based on Demonica from Mystic Makeover, it, it just blows, it just, you know, blows my mind to imagine what these would look like in animation form down the line. I mean, hell of a boss. You know, depending on how how much longer it's going to take till we get the next several episodes of the second season, who's to say none of those episodes won't be, you know, relying on the trippiness and the craziness and all that uh, of animation? I mean, season one, no doubt, in my opinion, gave us an example of that, but who's to say season two won't take it a step further? You got FX, you know, through Hulu and all that, with that little demon show, and it's like, that has the potential, whether you're a fan of something like that or you're not, to to go that route too, if not more so. So again, it definitely shows you that the future of animation, the you know the future of animation, is not just going to rely on the classic animation style that you can now also produce and bring to life masterfully in CGI and all that, but also it's going to rely on the psychedelicness, the weirdness, the trippiness of other animation projects based on stories that lend themselves to that avenue, in my opinion. But what do you guys think? Do you think, you know, I'm just rambling here and not making any sense, or do you think I do have a point? That the future of animation, despite how you might feel about certain things going on right now, doesn't just rely on, you know, massive old CGI um, um, movie presentations like what we get with Disney and DreamWorks, Illumination, and all them. But also, it's going to rely mostly on the weirdness, the S L E, the L S D trippiness, psychedelicness, of stories that, from an animation, that can lend themselves to that animation perspective, active and take them to that next level, that's allowing animation to thrive even further. What are your thoughts? Let me know down below. Comment if you like. Love to hear from each and every one of you. On this whole scenario, what are your thoughts, thoughts, and everything? Comment below. Live chat during the premiere. Like the video. Check me out at my Teespring store. Also, check me out at Venmo at Brian Roma 2, at Cash App at BWRoses98. Check me out at Patreon at BWRoses. Also, check me out on my podcast at BW roses. Discussions, all your favorite audio podcast locations except poor Pandora. Also, check me out at DevonArt.com at BVW1979. And at Vmo at roses. But let me know what your thoughts are, guys. Do you think I got a point, or do you think I'm just rambling? Let me know down below. And until then, y'all have a good day, and I'm out.